Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's face reality all the time. My name is Tian Buku One. I'm Yula. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 23. In the making, the second one of the year, but boy, it seems like it's forever to get a podcast done in the crazy ride and turbulence that life brings us sometimes. So we are here live at the NBA All-Star Weekend in Los Angeles at the Embassy Suites. Uh, we decided to set up here, and uh, maybe we'll see some all-stars. You know, maybe Steph Curry or Draymond will come by. We can ask them some questions yeah. about non-monogamy. And and, yeah, you know. Yeah, you sure. never know. Yeah. You know. Some of them are cheap, a little frugal, maybe a little Steve Kerr mm-hmm. come in. So we're down here. And we're going to grab him and put him right here and talk yeah. to them. We'll talk to him. Like, you, know, so, you know, tell me how you feel about... So how long have you been married? Yeah. You know, what How is that road life treating you? Right. So tell me about your fear of the alpha male. <laughs> <laughs> That's a question to LeBron. Only LeBron? Well, that was the best like, right. conversation the, the I had. The like, alpha does, male. Yeah, who is LeBron's alpha? Right. Every male has an f- alpha male fear. So who's LeBron's alpha? Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> <laughs> a thespian. I don't know. Someone else. So, yeah, we're about to get into this. It's kind of going to be a fun roam around episode we've been going through lots of crazy stuff retooling and falling all over the place in our personal relationship and all types of good stuff so we wanted to really have a good episode where we just kind of talk about a whole bunch of different stuff including you know how we got to this point a little bit so you know that we're not avoiding anything difficult we don't try to run away from it we just you know we want to gather it all get enough distance away so when we do present it on the podcast it'll be rich Appropriate, and no one will be yelling and screaming at each other. <laughs> Won't be taking shots. I don't think I screamed at you. No, well. No. You know, circumstances would dictate there'd be no reason for you to <laughs> scream at me. <laughs> so, uh, what we get into, like we say with every podcast we do, we don't advocate any one particular style of relationship over another. No one style is more or less divine than any other. It is the quality of the work that's put in amongst themselves, individuals, and together as a crew, a team, a partnership that makes the relationship or breaks the relationship. So we are pro-authenticity, pro-honesty, pro-truth, and pro-straight-line theory, not beating around the bush. Yep, so I hear. 
Yeah, so we'll get into the quotes of the day. These are quotes we've been gathering over the time. So my first one is, pay attention to what you pay attention to. And that's a big one. I'll say it again. Pay attention to what you pay attention to. Meaning be mindful of what you spend your time thinking about and focusing on. Because as we know, the, what we focus on will grow. Yeah. If we talk about negative stuff and complaining all the time, then it's pretty much going to be a big part of our lives. So sometimes we get caught up in momentum of stress or just you know, tough shit. And we keep talking about it all the time. Every conversation with every person, like, how you doing? And you talk about this one thing over and over and over and over. And it manifests into that becomes a reality. So a lot of it, even with the, the climate of the government, that we talk about how shitty things are over and over again. And we don't shed any light on some of the blessings and amazing things that are happening. We just focus on that and become a big yeah. pile of shitstorm. So, do you have one? I have more than one. Well, well, well. All right. So, this one uh, is controversial. I can see both sides. Okay. <laughs> Everything in nature has a physical body, yet a rock doesn't call itself a rock or a flower call itself a flower. Only humans are stuck on how they should be. The healthiest way of being is to have no need to explain our being, but for it to manifest naturally. Okay. Want to elaborate on it? Um, well, sometimes I feel like I just want to be who I am and not have to explain or be a certain way, but that doesn't go over too well. So right. that's... I mean, it goes think, over great when you're alone. Right. But if you want to be with someone, that doesn't. So I think that it's a little more complex than what this quote wants to say. Right. I think that you got to figure out who you want to be and be that person. Right. That's true. Because uh, if we just float, it's who knows where we're going to float to and then we don't even know how we got there and right. then we're like well this is just who I am right yeah it's very easy to become a replica of whatever the strongest energy is around you right without knowing I think that yeah. you and I actually have an, a solid example of that in our lives like a really cool person but has a lot of really really strong influences on how uh, they were brought up right and you know pretty like you know late in life not in the 20s and or 30s and it's like well this is just how I am right and they haven't questioned you know there's a lot of things that we think make us who we are that we had no say in and that when we trace them back they may not even have any logical relevance it was just at the time it was the best thing we could glam onto or it was just imposed on us by the people that we hung around, or our parents, or our society, just said things enough, and we just assumed that was the way it is. Right. But now that we're adults, we can actually, you know, take a look at how we're wired and see if those are things that really suit us and stuff like that. Yeah. So my second quote is, side effects of speaking your truth. You heal yourself. You can inspire others. You become bomb as fuck. You live authentically. You attract the most beautiful souls. You vibrate higher and attract what you want. 
and you create a positive ripple in the universe. Yeah. And it's so one of the things that seems so simple, but it's really, really hard to speak your truth and be your authentic self. No kidding. You know, even around people that you love, that you swear you trust with anything, it's still very hard to speak your truth and remain in that state of being. Um, and we'll get into some of that later about how much time and energy um, we spend over-calculating and playing chess in situations where we should just move straight forward. Also, speaking of it being difficult, it is extremely difficult to accomplish an important task all at once, but even the hardest can be accomplished by undertaking it gradually, like the case of an ant in its nest. That's kind of what we've been doing one day at a time. I think sometimes the distance that we have to travel to get from a messy situation to a clean spot is so long, we have no idea how to get there. But if, you know, we do one day at a time, it gets a little easier. Yeah, it's more bite-sized and manageable. And the funny thing is, um, the minute we stop focusing on how much we have to do and just start doing something, mm -hmm. the faster things go. Like, I think we spend a lot of time just thinking about the size or the scope or the insurmountable mountains that must be climbed as opposed to, like, left foot, right foot, yeah. you know? And so, you know, try to get into just, like, moving the right direction one step at a time and not sit there at the bottom of the hill just looking up like dude that's a big ass hill <laughs> you know um, and so that's, you know that's one thing we learned this we like once we get to a point where we realize shit is hard and shit is fucked up like we both try to realize as soon as possible as we can as graceful as we can like the minute we stop focusing on this and start living again and doing what we're supposed to do yeah. things will naturally help heal itself yeah um, and so my last quote is you become a more positive, peaceful, and harmonic person. Pussin. Let me say that again. I got a little British accent. Pussin. You become a more positive, peaceful, and harmonic person when you don't react to people that use you as a mirror. Oh, hold on. Little amigo came through. <laughs> Let me try this again. You become a more positive, peaceful, and harmonic person when you don't react to people that use you as a mirror for their own self-hate. So we're live, as I said. The NBA All-Star NBC Suites right here. So you might hear a little bit of background. I People can't wait for comments. Yeah, it's going to be great. So, you guys, it was great, but I kept getting distracted. I know. Focus. Focus in. Focus, Alba. Focus. <laughs> Calling out people in 2018. <laughs> but yeah, you know, once we can stay true and hear our voice and our path stronger than the voices on the outside of people projecting on us, and the sooner we can stop projecting on other people our issues, then we get more room to kind of calm in and sink into who we are and figure out what actually it is we have to work on and work towards without being in this reactionary echo chamber of blaming somebody else for the things that we're going through or blaming circumstance or feeling like a victim. Or anticipating reaction to what you feel or have to say. Right. That's big, big, I mean, big, that's big, the big, big. I, I think that's the biggest one, actually. Yeah. The anticipation of what the other person is going to say or do. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, that's a big one. We'll, we're going to get into all these different things. We just have a whole bunch of different random notes that we've collected over the last X amount of weeks that we've tried to like do a podcast and then like we have a plan and then we get to the day and like something goes wrong and then the vibe is just like fuck nope can't do it today and we just keep pushing it and pushing it and at first it was like real frustrating and I felt like we were procrastinating I was beating myself up like dude how are we not doing this podcast like we're supposed why can't we just do this just get in there and then a little voice in me said you know if there's ever a time to really do it how you want to do it when you feel it's right is right now when it's still pretty young we have a base that's pretty close I think most of the people that listen to our podcast right now we kind of talk to on a daily if not weekly basis so um, this is the time if we get picked and if up, we don't reach out and tell us hey I don't talk to you right exactly <laughs> so if, yeah if you're wondering what's going on you can always reach out to us um, but this is the time you know to be able to this is the beauty of the beginning stages of anything. You can really do it how you want to do it at the pace you want to. Um, and before you know it, things get bigger, more professional, sponsors and all these things kick in. All of a sudden, you have to do things on a deadline set regardless of how you feel. So do you think is that why we are going through it right now? To work shit out before we don't have the luxury of <laughs> taking the time to um, work it out? That would be a lovely thought, but that would be under the assumption that the universe will not throw hard shit at us even when we don't have the luxury of this. So I think it's a blessing to be able to do it how we do it now. And so that's why I put on the social media like, yo, we're just going through retooling and recalibrating and figuring shit out. We're picking ourselves up from off of our face. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll do it when we're, we're in the right space to do it properly. And so, you know, we got in a good space. We drove down to L.A. last night, had a good day today. You know, good vibes, and so it was just like, you know what? Let's just go sit somewhere and do this. Sit downstairs in the lobby at the hotel, and you know, and so that's where we are. And if you can see this where we are, it's pretty funny. It's like <laughs> in this little foyer, some like fake poker table looking thing with some power plugs, right in front of a bar. And I don't see anybody over six foot, so I don't really know if the basketball players are here yet or they're maybe doing a shoot around. <laughs> they're not really, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. All right, but. all right, all right. My last quote. Oh, yeah, and that yeah, one is unusual for me. So anyone who's known me for a long time would be like, ooh, Yula has gone soft. Uh-oh. But I think that's the purpose. We use only 5 to 10% of our heart's capacity to love and feel kindness. Instead of boxing in our hearts, we must try to slowly expand that box till we're able to love all humanity. I don't know that I will ever be able to love all humanity. <laughs> But somewhere between here and there, right. I bet you there's a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my current... Yeah. I one, think that one day that's, at a time. that's kind of a big current push of mine is yeah. to... How do I... Like, I used to have glimpses of, like, soft and vulnerable and open and then as soon as that passed I'm like okay phew, back to <laughs> back to the robot mode it was not a and comfortable was, state of being no and now I'm like ooh I think this is staying so I better get used to this right no it's good how's it feel being squishy it feels I mean it feels okay it feels like I'm not gonna like 
fall apart and die and when I need to like that I, I still have the hard ass mode when I need it but it's not on the forefront at all times right so you know it's moving yeah well that's the you know I think that's the beauty of it as we grow is we never really want to get rid of any of our core abilities or talents even the ones that are you know like anger or, or rage or pain or fear or jealousy it's just being able to identify these are all tools and they're parts of our persona and they have a purpose at certain times but not all the time so okay. you have to find your calibration so it's like can you imagine if Iron Man like never came out of his armor like he'd be at his you know you know mom's funeral or whatever and just in his suit or like going to visit kids in his suit or just having dinner with his girlfriend in his suit like you gotta have time where you can be Tony Stark's and then it's time when you get a, you suit up and you become Iron Man or right. Hulkbuster or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of us, due to our fears and our traumas, um, we wear our armor full time. And we end up combating small things with our mega blast lasers and end up fucking up people we care about. Because we don't know the power of our weapons and we don't know when to use them and when not to use them. Um, and a lot of times we get caught up in friendly fire. They talk about... You know, a lot, a lot of people end up getting hurt the most by people who supposedly love them the most because they're in the closest proximity. And if they trigger off somebody's fear or trauma, then all of a sudden they get blasted by this beam that was really meant for a bigger battle as opposed to, like, you know, someone you cared about might have, you know, stumbled upon something sensitive to you. So we'll get in, and it's cool, but I'm glad you're feeling squishy and you're, you're like, remaining squishier. It's good. I... I I see that your your surroundings are growing, like the, the plants are growing, <laughs> and like your your community of friends are growing. You got a bigger sisterhood, right? People are like commenting on how sweet you are. She's yeah, which is which is. So we got she's about to fart, like she just kind of like seems it's gonna bubble up or something's <laughs> gonna. Like what's coming up? She's like. Yeah. No. Uh, no, well, that's just not what I'm used to. Right. So, you know, I'm like, oh, is that how you see me? That's interesting. Yeah. That's very different. Yeah. Does it change the way you walk? Do you have a different walk? Well, you tell me. I don't know. You will have to tell me. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, there was an episode that we just, well, that you just did (laughs) that we kind of left hanging. Um, And so, why don't we go back just and briefly explain the last episode and then we'll talk about, you know, what we're going to do to tie it all back in when the time is right. Ooh, so the last episode was me being, you know, I did it on my own, for those of you who hadn't heard it. I did it on my own. The whole purpose was to share that, you know, we hit a really hard point and it came really in a very unexpected time and in a very unexpected way when we were thinking that we were actually flying pretty high and comfortable and uh, seeing a lot of solid progress in how where our relationship is. And all of that is true, but then we hit that point and a lot of stuff that hadn't been fully addressed because I chose not to just I guess fell out 
and there was no way to uh, soften it. There was no way to um, limit the, how far, how how deep it was gonna go. And I think it actually got to the point where we were both like, we either go all the way in right now, or we're not gonna do it another time. Like, there's not gonna be another time when we can go into it again because you don't have the energy and like there would be something it would not it wouldn't be cool if we limited it to all right let's just do this until we both feel better and move on right well it would be disingenuous to the the, the purpose of what we're trying to do if we kept stopping when we felt like that's enough for now you know, and that's kind of a part of it is like there was it was coming out, it was trinkling the, the amending of the past was coming out in small little increments. And so every now and then it more would come out and more would come out. And the amount of energy to reopen the wound, to go back into surgery and to do these things started to take a toll on on our on my on, my, on me and her in her own way, in a way that was actually becoming worse than the actual information that was coming out. Right. Um, and so it became a point where, you know, we really got to do this now. If we're, really, if we're really about it, we really need to be about it. But, so yeah, so she did the podcast herself because I, I was not in a state of, of anything. I was in a state of just shock and just confusion and tail spinning and all types of shit I hadn't felt in a long, 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 long time. So she went and did it herself. I helped set her up so she could do it without too much IT issues, um, and she did it. Which I still had. Right. She had some IT issues, but you know, not too much. So she did it, and she asked me, she said it was done, and do you want to listen to it? And I said, I do, but I was afraid that you know, the story wouldn't be told in its entirety, and it would be censored or you know, whatever. And when I listened to it, I was very pleased that it wasn't censored, but it felt like a big teaser to a, a movie that, you know, like it, it didn't feel like, like, it felt like there was way more. And so a lot of people responded to like, what is she exactly, what is she talking about? Because, <laughs> you know, it wasn't a lot. So. Well, I think what I found out, what I found out is that it's really difficult to do a podcast by yourself. Right. I think that I would have a problem and I would have a tendency to cut it short. I mean, I, I cut it short because I started without the feedback and without someone to uh, gauge, you know, where I was. It started to feel like I was going in circles. Right. So, you know, and that's what you felt. And that that's why we agreed that I was going to do another podcast right we will both of us will be on it but it will be mine and just for documenting and explaining of what really happened i would write everything out and right. make sure that i have good reference points to go in and literally chronologically explain what happened and what were the truths that I was protecting so stealthily. Right. Uh, and what what it did to you know to you and what it 
like all you know I would say almost did to us um, and then there'll be no questions about it and it'll be documented and I think that the whole purpose is that it's good to talk in general terms right but it's amazing to hear the actual specific occurrences and details and you know what is it that caused the like the layers and layers and layers of uh, deliberate hiding of the information, changing of the information, you know, limiting information flow and controlling. Right. Because I think that all of us have done that, like all of us, right. to some extent or another. I have done, like I did it to a pretty high level extent. Right. Which caused high level, high level issues. Right. So I think that hearing this, the actual details of oh she did what you know would is a good trigger to go in and like oh i actually may have done that right or oh i thought about doing that and it's a good thing i didn't right yeah and i think i think you know like the biggest the most important thing as to why we really 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 want to do that and i really really wanted Eula, to go deep into specific things and chronological because that's where the richness is. That's where the cautionary tales are. That's where the relatability is. Um, it's not to put anyone on blast. It's not to say who's more right, who's more wrong, who's the villain, who's the hero. You know, we're one team, but it's very good to see and hear these things because there's, we all have both of these sides of this one story within ourselves. We've all played one role or the other, or even both in our lifetimes up to date. And to hear the specifics, you, your emotional movements and twisting and turning will be the same way when you watch a really good documentary or a really good story told properly with the right detail and the emphasis and the, you know, reading a really good book. Like a book that's really good, really, really ropes you in because of the detail, the way the picture is painted, you can feel the tension you can feel the anxiety you can feel right the and pain. that's not like when i was doing my own podcast that was not how i went into right i went into it with like no one wants to know the details like why would they want to know the details right like who cares yeah why would america this tabloid crazy <laughs> drama filled society with reality tv 24 7 have any desire for some real life better than TV <laughs> shit like who would really want that <laughs> so so we did we decided we we're gonna do another one where she would go in the first half would be her really going into detail and I would be there to, to you know keep pushing her and then the second half would be both of us will be crying at some point right yes <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the second half would be me explaining how it affected me and how it felt how my process was and then how we're able to navigate these things of betrayal and trust and, you know, what's too much and what is whatever. So we were thinking of doing that sooner than later, but then we realized that it's probably better to just write it all down while it's really, really fresh and then get some time and some space and some good levels of foundation built. So that way, when we speak on it, 
it's not triggering in the sense that um, any any negative emotion that would derail the focus of it comes out to where you can't hear and see this in the very objective manner of a tale of a relationship going through some crazy shit figuring it out as opposed to what the fuck did that person do I can't believe your you know all this type of stuff so we decided just let it let it ride for a bit but it will come back we will do it and it will be super rich and like we'll continue as we said always um, just be vulnerable and be open to you guys and ourselves this is this is very cathartic to us as well as the is beneficial for you guys who may um, want to hear some authentic shit that you can relate to that no one seems to really be talking about that often, only in crisis, only as long as a crisis lasts. Um, and we believe we should be talking about these things not only in crisis, but when we're at our highest points. Because when, when, we when we're at our highest points, we can actually have enough nutrients and reserves to really deal with it properly with love and kindness and perspective. Um, in crisis, yeah, you know, you know what this reminds me of, and I, I don't know, you know, it, it's probably a uh, symptom of how the Western society likes to focus on the positive and pretend that the other side doesn't exist, like, you know, death doesn't exist, mm -hmm. because if we don't look at it, it's not going to happen. You get into a relationship and you can't talk about a possibility of it failing even though there's a 50% chance that right. it's going to fail. So it's the same thing. It's like, you know, when I tell and someone tells me they're pregnant and it's early on and I'm like, oh, you know, I, not because I want to scare someone, right. but because factually, you know, I've had two miscarriages. Right. I mean, it's a fact that it, I mean, that just happens. But then it becomes this, no one talks about it because right. how why would you talk about it this is such a joyous occasion right so writing a relationship at its peak you don't want to remember that it's not always like this mm -hmm. and things will go down and things will feel bad and it's not the end of the world right yeah and, and another analogy is you don't want to wait till a natural disaster happens to figure out what your plan is when it happens. Yeah. You know, you don't want to wait till the hurricane's hitting <laughs> to figure out if you want insurance or shutters or any of that stuff. So it's the same type of thing. You want to be able to plan and just have a team game plan for these things. Like, how do we deal with things when it's really tough? How do we deal with things... Um, when this, well, so you know, I think, you know, I also think that protecting ourselves and protecting everyone from what's considered to be negative right. is a, not only does it set us up for failure when those things happen, right. but it also is not a uh, very realistic way of painting the whole picture because, right. you know, dark is the other side of light. Right. Death is the other side of birth. Like, those things do happen. Right. And in societies that are connected, that are not intellectually connected, but are connected through, you know, the actual energy and reality of how things work, right. it's totally normal. Right, yeah. You know, and then when you normalize that stuff, when you know that that happened, that that is the, your reality, you will feel good. You will also feel bad. You don't freak out about it as much. Right. Yeah, and that's that's real. And and one of my notes was, you know, 
we need to really think about our relationship with the word hard. You know, we can get in the habit of when something is hard, it means it's bad. It means it's something to avoid. Um, and so we do a lot of dancing to avoid hard. Oh, I don't want to do that. It's so yeah. hard. It's hard. God, you, it's so hard. But anything that's really, really intense or rewarding or rich is going to be hard. Growth is hard. Transformation is hard. Um, becoming a champion at anything you love is hard. But look at how we were raised. Like, I always go back to how we were raised. Right. We were raised and in... in in, in a concerted effort, if we're raised in a, so to speak, good family right. that cares about you, right. they will do everything they can to protect you from hard. Right. You know, my mom still is very concerned when our college student is going through a hard time when she's preparing for all of her midterms, when she is unsure how she's doing in her crazy statistics class and you know my mom's reaction is like you know oh my god she's going through a hard time well mom she yes she's she's a second year student she's very ambitious she's taken very difficult classes it will be hard right and it's totally fine right but no it's not you know when it's presented to us through our entire life that it's not fine we start getting afraid of it right yeah, and, and, and that, I mean that's how I grew up. No, for sure. We we always look to find the easier way, um, and not realizing there's so much richness and difficult and challenge. You know, you can't have a high triumph without a challenge to overcome. You know, um, victory is not as sweet if it's just handed to you. Yeah. If you didn't have to work for it, you know, and that's. You gotta understand loss to really appreciate what gains, you know. Um, and so, right now in 2018, uh, my motto is straight line theory, and really that means trying to just stay calm and present and go straight line. If you have a concern with a friend, voice it. You know, make sure you're in a, a calm and a, and a kind state, but voice it. Don't spend hours and days and weeks thinking of all the different ways they may respond and see it all out and chess play it and all these things because not only is it time and energy sucking, but it also warps your perception of reality and also you're already altering your vibration to this person. This person's probably already feeling it and it's already reacting and you guys are already reacting to each other without speaking. It's a passive-aggressive um, cause and effect. And by the time you voice something, they've already had this whole other psychosis well, of I mean, what you went through. That's exactly what goes on between you and I, because I, I can't, I haven't been able to get to the point where when something comes out that causes you to pause and have a negative, you know, maybe a negative reaction or is not like happy, pleasant. Right. I haven't gotten to the point where I just go straight in and we talk about it. Right. I mean that, I, you know, looking back at our last six weeks and then the couple, you know, the last few years of doing this, that's the whole crux of it. Right. That I, I'm, I'm getting a little better. 
So maybe instead of an hour, it takes, you know, 15 minutes, but it's 15 minutes. Right. And, you know, by the time that we're at the end of the 15 minutes and I'm like, oh, I just need to tell how it is. The vibe is already totally different. Right. Yeah. Because we've, we've danced. We spent too much energy dancing. I'm um, more posturing. It's like playing spy versus spy. Well, we should be on the same team. And, we're, you know, it's hard to do. Like the things that we talk about that we try to apply, um, they're hard to do. They're very hard to do. You know? I mean, I go through days like, you know, like I eat. I'm tasked with going through, you know, all of my pasts and going through all my closets and things and figuring out what else have I not, you know, discovered to my for myself and or discovered but haven't shared. And I'm like, this shit is easy. Like, all you got to do is if you find it, you just go bring it up. Right. Yeah. And then the whole like. 47 years of, right the attorney you know, the attorney voice in your head yes and and then it's like it's freaking like it is literally technically hard yeah like it really it seizes us up physiologically it seizes up what um but then that you know it's it's crazy when you when you sit on something that you know is you got to do something about it really just starts to suck it's like having your computer processing in the background the whole time um, and it just makes it harder for you to be present. Makes me hard, it harder for me to be present um, and be loving and receiving because I'm partially not there because I'm processing something that my gut is already telling me you need to handle this. Yeah. And so we're trying to really just be brave and just throw it out. Just be honest, as, as honest as we can. Throw out the truth and then let both of us deal with the pain that comes from the truth, which we've, which we know, is way less poisonous and way less painful than all the other labyrinths and elaborate labyrinths um, and things that come with it. And um, it's just, it just takes so much time and processing. Like, you know, um, and our good, our new, our new really good friend Elisa said, you know, when she wrote out rules for her. Um, one of her first non-monogamous relationships, she was like, one of our rules was no one's in trouble. Yeah. You know, be honest, be forthright. No one's in trouble. So no one's going to be like, you are the wrong person. You, it's like, okay, what happened? What do we do? And then how do we deal with it? It doesn't mean we omit pain. It doesn't mean we, um, you know, someone doesn't own fault for their mistake. But that doesn't mean they have to be in trouble and they have to be scolded. It just has you to know, be... You know, that's crazy. Like, we do that with our kids. Right. I do that very openly with our kids. The few times when, you know, there is a fork in the road for them, I know what, the, what they're... Like, I can feel what they're feeling. Right. And I can see that their brain is calculating, where do I go? Do right. I tell the truth and face the consequences? Or do I not tell the truth? Do I come up with something that is going to bring me less, uh, you know, severe consequences? And I can see that very clearly. And I right. go, listen, I, you will n I'm, I'm fine. Just tell me what it is. We will figure it out. Right. I may be upset. I may be hurt. But you're fine. I'm fine. Right. And it works like a charm. But you got to proactively 
make them feel that. Right. By setting by setting the example that when they tra- when they tell the truth, they receive with kindness, love, and a balance of you know now right. we have to deal with this right. issue, but never feel like they made the wrong decision by telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, and that that's very you do that a few times, and then they don't hesitate the next time. Right. Um, and also, one of Alisa's rules was, you know. Oh, we, we we can't dump our shit on the other person because they're close. Like own our own shit. So when we have, if we're going through something that you know the person, the other person goes out with somebody, or you know they're talking to someone new, but they haven't told you yet, and you start creating your own issues about why haven't they told me or or whatever the case may be, um, it's not their responsibility to shit on you know to just make you feel better you have to the, she says you know you have to be able to identify what your what your concerns are versus your fears and triggers and then be able to bring them in a way that can be received with reassurance like yeah I met this new person I'm trying to figure it out I'll let you I'll give, like, keep you posted you know nothing major is happening now I'm excited and this new person's in my life but I don't know what's going on um, as opposed to I think to that the, we've gotten to a good point there yeah no we're good but that was the thing is one of well, her, one of her roles well you're good I don't know right. where I am <laughs> just to be just determined um, but those are really two really good things like you know just think of how much those two aren't practiced um, you know and what, what roles they play in just making things go wacky places yeah um, you know so we're trying to get better and better at straight line theory like there are times when I'm like oh you know, I, I think I'm gonna. I want to go out with so and so, and they ask me if I want to go out. And there's like 15 seconds where you're like, and it's like the the attorney comes in the room, like, do you need me to? And we're like, and just go, and you try to just fucking, if, you know, if I'm not with you, I just try to text right there, just like as awkward or as un, you know, scripted. Just right. say it. But the reality is. The bet it's better if it's not scripted. Just say, "Hey, I'm gonna think about going out," and then we can have a conversation. Right. When it comes out scripted, then all of a sudden it triggers the other person to be like, "Why are why, you scripting it? Why is it? So why are you candy coating this? Like, right. why are you, yeah. you know, why are you yawning and rubbing your eyes and looking to the left? You know, and, you've done all of oh, that. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why are you yawning? I'm just tired. I'm like, like, no, I've never asked you that, but I, you know, I know that y'all. Yeah, yeah, we all have these things that we do when we're uncomfortable. Um, My sister is a classic. I mean, yeah. she, she gets tired Does she instantly. she piss her pants? No, no, she Just gets tired very instantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm about to tell you about that. No, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Um, but just try to be, it just saves so much time and energy to just be truthful and authentic and let the universe and the other people deal with it yeah so these are all like simple 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 things but they are so not simple if you know i'm 40 whatever six seven and this is the first time that i'm consciously learning how to do it so i'm doing all that shit is not easy yeah like at all it's very simple in concept but it's hard in execution and practice not strictly because it's hard in itself, but because uh, most of us and ourselves, we've been programmed to do the exact opposite yeah. for so long that we identify these habits that may not be good habits as ours. That's just how I am. Um, and that leads into the next thing is clarifying inner voices. So 
I like to speak in, like, I have a council in my head. Like, I have characters in my head. Like, you know, if you've seen the movie Inside Out, there's characters that represent certain parts of, a, of the emotions or personality. So I have a wise Yoda voice person in my head. I have a nurturing mother in my head. I have a Joe Pesci in my head that wants to just beat the shit out of folks. And I have an inner child in my head that's like, you know. So all these play a role. Well, the cool thing about you is that you've known that they've been in your head and, like, you made friends with them. You've learned how to utilize them. Right. The challenge is, is, you know, if you don't know that there are all these or that it's even possible to have a conversation with a number of different voices in your own head. Right. And that it's beneficial. Right. Yeah, because they all represent different perspectives. Like, at any given time... I have a part of me that's upset, that's pissed off. I have a part of me that feels I'm not being treated fair because of whatever trauma I have. There's a part of, there's always a voice that says, you know what, this isn't a big deal. It's in, in three weeks, this will be nothing in your life. And I have another one that's like, why do we even have to deal with this? Why can't we just go play? You know, right. and like, or the world is ending. Let's just go ball up and cry. Like all these are in my head at once. Um, but the biggest ones, that, that the biggest example of this is that you know talking to a few different people in our men my men cipher other things it came up that a lot of times people can't differentiate their emotions from their intuition yeah so though you know so when i was talking to my homegirl when i went bowling and she yeah. was like tracking her dude down that wasn't yeah. getting a hold of her and i was like you know why are you tracking him down if he's not responding to you he's clearly communicating that he's not capable of being in the space that you want him to and she was just like, yo, but my, my, I feel it. I just have this feeling like I just have to. And I'm like, is that your intuition? Right. Or your emotion? Yeah. You know, um, and there's a big difference. Yeah. Emotions are a lot of times very reactionary and impulsive. Where the intuition is steady throughout and keeps um, track of the overall goal and what's beneficial, period. And so what I've learned from myself when I get in these spaces of like, what should I do? Should I tell the truth? Should I do this? Should I do that? I go to my gut first and I just listen to my gut and then I let my mind and all the attorneys speak. Like, are you sure? Because like, for example, I, a lot of times when I'm faced with a choice, I immediately know what to do. What to do. Like right. my gut will tell yeah. me like this, if you go that way, that don't feel right. But then my ego and my attorney will try to yeah. rationalize, like, yeah. are you sure? Are yeah. you sure? And they get a chance to plead their case. Like, no, no, no. The wallet was on the ground. And the check was in there. You could totally deposit the check. And it'll be, you know, right. like, what, you know, no one's going to blame you. You just, you know. And then, then go back after everybody else talks. Then we go back to the gut. And then we act based upon what the gut says. So the process is always for me, gut, then emotions, ego, fears, concerns, all of that, and then gut. And then from there, we move from there, we speak from there. That's the goal. Doesn't always happen perfectly, but that's the goal. So at this point, Eula had to get up and go pee because her eyeballs were floating. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and take a break. This is a song by Supercat called Crazy Love. The Black Russian Podcast, episode 23, NBA All-Star Edition, live from LA Embassy Suites. Sure. 
Yeah, 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 super cat, crazy love, we like reggae, we like dancehall, we like good vibes, so yeah, clarifying inner voices is a huge one, to be able to know what part of our, what part of our entity is speaking, is it our ego, is it our bruised ego, right, is it our fear, is it our doubt, is it our reaction to some other energy, or is it our intuition? And being able to identify these doesn't mean eliminating or devaluing the ego or devaluing the fear of the doubt. They're big, important parts of the cipher. But you have to decide, as we all do, as I do, what equation, what balance do I want my EQ to be? Who do I want to be the loudest voice? Who's the final say? And who's gonna be the supporting cast? And I've chosen to go gut, Fear, doubt, logic, ego, rationale, and then gut. That's my thing. Gut, all these, and then gut. But, um, but being clear about which one helps us understand. Because sometimes you'll get, you'll just be, someone will say something, they'll do something to you, and you'll be like, yo, fuck that. And you just be ready to wild out. And then if we're not careful, we'll let that energy be what controls our next action or our next talk. As opposed to being able to stop for a minute and be like, okay, um, who is that speaking? <laughs> and then have a consensus. So what I did in my mind is there's a room that's called the control panel and that's what controls actions and controls words, right? Um, and usually, before I realized it, all my emotions and thoughts and the intuition were all living in that room. And so if I got hurt, whoever was fastest to get to the mic right. <laughs> got the would mic. got to say what they wanted to say. Um, and then sometimes that was good, other times, it wasn't really good because it wasn't necessarily thought through. Um, now, I built them a really nice, cushy conference room with couches and TVs and PlayStations and, and all these things. So whenever there's an issue, when I get triggered or if I get hurt, we have to go in that other room and have a conversation where Joe Pesci can talk, the inner child can talk, the fear can talk, the doubt can talk, the hurt can talk, the pain can talk, and the intuition can talk. And then we sit, and then we come together and figure out who's going to speak. That's the order of operations. Doesn't always happen that way, um, 
No, and I mean, and that's the truth that, you know, as much as, like, you like the clarity and you like the order of operation, you know, if you get triggered enough, there's going to be a period of time where the actual, like, pure emotion comes out, you know, and then I think it's not, like, it's impossible to not let it come out. And it has a really good reason for coming out. But then, you know, what you've done, what you did in this whole last go-round is that you didn't just let it all come out and leave it there. But then you're like, all right, guys, we expressed what, you know, came out. And now we have to go and actually hold this conference and figure out where we go from here. Right, yeah. It's kind of, it's like that, but also, um, and this goes back to what you were talking about when you are saying, you know, when things are good, that's one of the better times to actually have, start planning what happens when it goes wrong. Because in crisis, you may not always be as mindful, as peaceful as you are, so it's good to have a plan. And one of the important things for me is um, being able to understand perspective and train myself to know that there's when shit goes bad, there's still other things going on that are good. So main pers- maintain perspective. Express yourself and the, and the fears and the pains and the angers, but don't let it go off the rails to where you say and do something that creates a new damage. Right. Um, and so when things are good, that's when I, I can train. It's the same thing as, you know, you want to be, you want to act like a first responder, not a first reactor. But in order to be a first responder, like somebody who comes in crisis, fire department or whatever, they have to be prepared. They have to train for what it's going to be like in a crisis situation with stress and, and all the things that go on. They have to train to be calm and to be prepared. And so we, we, take, we have to train to be a first responder for our internal crisis and external crisis. We don't want to be a first reactor because a first reactor may say, you know, fuck you, bitch. I don't like you anyways. I, I, I can't believe you are such a dirty whore. And then what? Like all of a sudden now the person who hurt you is now the one that's like, well, fuck you. So you got to be able to identify when those emotions are flaring up and try to keep perspective. If you can't because it's too rageful, then maybe I take a walk. Maybe I leave and go do something else for a minute. But we try to do these things so that way we don't have as much collateral damage to clean up because it's really hard to focus on just the issue when we've created four more issues because... We got in a cussing match. Well, yeah, and that, you know, that goes both ways. It's not, you know, it's not just the person who uh, got hurt by some, you know, by my wrongdoing. It's not just you that has to control reactions. You know, it's also me that I have, I have to control reactions. And I think that uh, it's very helpful that, you know, all the stuff that we have done through the last so many years like none of it is wasted it's not like we have wasted 15 years and now we're starting from scratch like the only reason why we've been able to go through this is because we've had 15 years of learning how to not blow each other up right and how to be very respectful as much as we can and how to remember that the whole perspective not just like the instant flashes of how you feel. Right. You know, 
Like I have that and that's, I have that as much as you have that. Right. Because it would be easy for me to go like, well, fuck you. If that's how you're going to react to what I'm truly having a problem with, then you know what? Go find someone, someone else to play with. Right. Yeah, and that's where it goes, you know, in order for a team or a couple to be able to get better at fighting to not fight, we have to be able to think about these things, talk about these things when things are good. You know, think about these things, work on these things, look at the difficult, the hard, the scary shit when things are really good, when you technically don't have to. Um, so that way when it happens, it's not unfamiliar. It doesn't put us in a state of panic. And we have first responders in our body, in our spirit that come to our aid to help us to be able to both be upset, both be enraged, but at the same time there's a part of us that still understands that the overall goal is to get through this, stay together, figure it out, not to blow it up and run away and then realize, oh shit, I really didn't want that, but I was hurt. And I think, you know, when we tell our tale about what happened, there's a very good part that talks about betrayal and infidelity and how people respond to it. You know, infidelity, for example, in our society, if that happens, that's the death nail. That's the... And so a lot of times, since society portrays it as that and we buy into that and our friends buy into that and the songs that we hear buy into that if it happens to us we're like I'm out I need to leave fuck that and then what happens is our authentic self may be like no this is actually a very important learning moment but our external forces and our assumption is like no it's done it's done and then we have to fight ourselves because we walked away we, we broke up this relationship or whatever and not realize that we actually weren't ready to break it up. We were actually in the beginning of creating something that would be even better because we can actually be honest. And this issue happened so we can actually deal with some shit. Um, and so people usually blow it up and run. And there's much more nuance for these things. Each, each situation of feeling of betrayal or hurt or infidelity is very different. Different causes, different chemistry of what happened and if we don't diagnose that we automatically just assume well if they loved us they would have never did these things or blah 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 blah. then you know we end up leaving something at a time when it's most rich as far as the growth of it yeah um another thing is keeping perspective when something in your life gets nutty remember at the same time there are great things occurring simultaneously so during the time when we were going through what we were going through and I was dizzy as all ever could be and my, my fear voice and my doubt voice and my ego voice were loud, loud, loud and my intuition voice was like it normally is because your intuitive voice will never yell. The intuitive voice doesn't shout down ego. The intuitive voice stays there calm and is like, you're fine. You'll be fine. This is still what it's supposed to be um, during that time we were still having well we have probably the most amazing sex we've ever had <laughs> like that was probably that truly was our purest line of communication um, so during this most painful time when it was even hard to look at her or hard to look at each other 
if we got to the point of sexually connecting, it was the most therapeutic, spiritual thing we could have done. At the same time, our kids were healthy and thriving. At the same time, um, our balance as life and career and art was evolving into the next level it was supposed to be. You know, so all these things were happening at the same time. And there was a voice in me saying like, okay, you can obsess and deal with this for X amount of time because you need to. But then you're going to take a week and you, we're, me and you, we said like this week, we're not going to talk about the injury. We're not going to talk about what caused the injury. We're going to work on all the other things that, that are nourishing and let that just kind of rest and sit for a while. And being able to give ourselves permission yeah. to not focus on the pain or not focus on the guilt or whatever to really enjoy lives. And a lot of times I think that we don't give ourselves permission to. No, I mean, and it's as hard to uh, allow yourself to not focus on the hurt as it is uh, to not focus on the guilt mm -hmm. and to not try and check in. <gasps> How do you feel? Do you feel better? Do you, like right, that, right. that, you know, like technically how do you do that I think that's half the battle right and that's so a big part of that is being able to when things are good you work on your connections your connection with each other's true core your connection with your own true core and your connection with all the things in your life that provide you nourishment so for example when I was going through this situation to where I felt like I couldn't get all the nutrients that I would normally get from home. I couldn't get them. I wasn't in a state where I could actually feel comfortable doing that. So I realized I needed to get more nourishment from external sources. Just being out, going skating, painting, meeting new people, or just being physically out. And I was able to not only give myself permission to and not be like, are you running, are you escaping? but also be able to communicate that to Eula that I think right now I need it's better for us that I'm out more. And we were able to do that without it being this triggered thing of like, you know, she's triggered because I'm out more, I'm triggered because I feel like I'm not allowed to go out. And well, we, but we're also lucky because we, we have known that for a, long, for a while that best thing for us to do when we go through something difficult is to be in separate spaces because, you know, a lot of them it's calmer Right. And then we start missing each other, and then we start looking around and seeing, you know, who else is around, and oh, it's not as cool as, you know, as Tion, or it's not as cool as Yula, and then by the time that we get back together, we're like, clearly see the benefits right. of what we have. Yeah. So like, we've done, we did that when you toured, that was right. awesome, so that's, that's, that's another one of those things we're, we're going to talk about. Um, you know, how nourishing and beneficial it is for time away from each other in relationships. In all states, good, bad, whatever. Because the, the perspective that oh, yeah. you get from being away, you, you're able to miss them, you're able to reflect on what you have, you're able to, like you're saying, have some contrast. Like, I love the Bay Area, but if I was forced to stay in the Bay Area and never leave, my relationship with the Bay would be different. My trips to Brazil and Germany and Australia and Canada have made me love the Bay more. And it doesn't mean that I had to go see that these places are shitty, 
because some of them were amazing, but it really made me feel that Bay is my home. So when I go out and meet other people, um, I don't look at them like, ah, but I look at them like they're amazing, but they're not tailor-made to me. And so I can hang out with them and get nourishment, and I can see how beautiful the world is, and the better I feel, the more love I generate, the clearer I can see the calibration, the, the amount of things that have gone into what make Eula and I what it is and how it feels like it's tailor-made for what I want. Um, and so, but if I couldn't have that perspective or she couldn't have that perspective because we just stayed in each other's face all the time, it would be very hard. I think that one of the coolest things is that when we go through it and I know that you know you're you you're hurting and you know you are having a hard time just processing and getting to the good side of things when i know that you're going to hang out with someone who will be beneficial to you right i get super excited right and i'm like that is gonna help him get happier and get a better perspective and then when he comes back, it's going to be easier for us to connect. Right. Because I have seen it. Yeah, it's like being able to go away from a stressful situation and get a good night's sleep, so to speak, and get a good meal. Um, and those are nourishment. Sometimes when you're, when you're low and you're hurt and you're triggered, your self-esteem is shot. It helps to be around people who really see and appreciate you. Um, it feels really good, obviously, to be in a community where people care about you, where you can contribute, where you feel like your contribution is important. Um, and so it's a combination of things. It's not like, okay, we're going through it. I need to go have sex with somebody. It's like, you know, I'm, we're going through it. I need to connect. I need to, I need to go teach these kids. I need to go to this mural class. I need to go do this workshop. I need to go to the skate park. I need to go paint. Um, you know, I need to go hang out with this new person I just met that's you know all of that and it's crazy that as I needed more of that and I took steps to get more the universe provided almost seamlessly a couple amazing opportunities and amazing people into our lives right at the right time with the right vibe yep. it's crazy how that works yep. um, and just wondering what if we were so hurt and so triggered and so mad that we shut out the rest of the world. I think that's what mostly happens. Yeah. Like, what if I just shut off my OkCupid or my Tinder? You know, <gasps> or just shut the off whore. these things. <gasps> right? I mean, think, you know, like, think yeah, about no, it. Like, I, I mean, know, like I, we talk about it all the time. I don't, I have no, I get no joy from being around you when you are not happy. I understand it and you know I especially when the cause is a real serious cause and not just boredom and you know you feeling like you're constricted but yeah. I have no joy in that at all yeah. so and that's you know, whatever whatever helps uh, you know that helps us yeah and it's so it all ties into this this, this next thing we're talking about is just Let's not understate the value and the importance of time away from each other in relationships. You know, a lot of times in relationships, unless the person has to go away for work, every trip they take, for the most part, is together or with the, with the kids. 
you know, give or take a one boys night out or a girls town away, but it's like, it's never a conscious, like, you know what, you know, every quarter, perhaps we need to have some time away and let's schedule that because we know um, how replenishing that is. Like, you know, um, one of the best things for my love of skateboarding was to get hurt and not be able to skate for six months. Yeah. You know, so graffiti helped my love for skateboarding. Skateboarding helps my love for rapping. Rapping helps my love for bowling, you know, and all these things. But if all I had was one all the time, then I would be looking for something else to escape. And so it's, we're trying to, we're actually trying to like <laughs> do our equation and quantify like how, in a monetary value per day, how worth it is it to actually have time away? Like how much could we budget for three days away versus how much nourishment it would bring our relationship? So it's something to really factor in. We haven't thought about it. We haven't really gone. We haven't finished it. We just started on it. I think I confused the shit we out of Kinda. We have a spreadsheet. Yeah. Really? <laughs> she was like... I, the concept sounds great, but the whole, yeah, not, you just, but, you know, but, but really thinking about how important it is. We, a lot of times we don't want our partner to go away without us because we're worried about what they're going to do. Or you don't want to go away because you're worried about what your partner's going to do when they're you're do not there. Right. So everyone's like spy versus spy. Like, wait, why is she so excited about, why is she encouraging me to go somewhere? Have you ever considered that? Like, I encourage you all the time. No, no, I haven't, luckily. Good. Yeah. I've, I've, got, I've, I've managed my Mandingo <laughs> concern, so it's like, you know, you're still here, you know. Uh, but some people were like, you know, it would be triggering. Why is she being so nice? Like, those are signs that there needs to be a relationship diagnostic, right? If when someone, when your partner is being nice to you, you're like... Why are you being so nice? And that's an issue? That's a flag, right? If she's like, hey, I hear there's a graffiti event in, in Denver next month. Do you want to go? No, no, I, I looked at the dates. We can totally do it. Do you go, really? Or do you go, what do you have going on there? Right, what's going on? Tell me the truth. <laughs> Give me the skinny. Yeah, what's really going on? Right. So these are all, you know, things to look at. But it's a very important part, and it helps keep things fresh. And it's really, it's really helped... Our process go at its natural, healthy pace by allowing ourselves the space and the, to get to get the nutrients that the universe has to provide for us, both in our internal community and external community. Um, and it works in a, it works in a, in a cipher. It works, you know, it's like a circular thing. Like if, if I if I'm hurt by our situation and I go out and get love and nourishment and validation and appreciation then I feel good enough and strong enough to come back home and focus on the, a good time with Eula. And if I have a good time with Eula, I get nourishment, I get love, and I gain trust in our relationship again, which makes me feel stronger, and I have more to give my outside community. I'm more present. I'm more positive, which then generates a higher level of love, which makes me feel even better about coming back home. And all of a sudden, both of them are bouncing off each other and contributing to the cipher that's this upward spiral that we talk about all the time. So, uh, so yeah, keeping perspective when things get nutty. There's, there's rarely a time when every single thing in your life is going wrong. 
And if you've ever been in time when you felt that way, then you probably abandoned gratitude. Yeah. Because you were still alive, for one. Yeah. You know, you had the opportunity to go through that hell. Um, so I try to, when going... I've had a situation recently where a friend, you know, who I've been friends with without ever meeting for like over a year was in a really rough situation in life. And he was just like, everything's bad. I can't, like spinning out of control. And I'm like, dude, you're alive. You're healthy. You can work. That's a lot more than a lot of other people can say. Right. You're just spinning out of control and he wouldn't listen. Right. And I'm like, you can't just, you know, take that complaining somewhere else. I'm not going to help you. I can totally help you. Right. But I will not help you. You're risking losing my good faith and help. Right. If you continue, if, you, if you're unable to stop spinning and if right. you cannot see your situation for what it is it's difficult but it's absolutely not hopeless and you're not dying right then I, I'm just going to have to remove myself yeah yeah I mean doom and gloom is an illness right it's and if like had he all. continued that doom and gloom right. I would have withdrawn all the help and right. he probably would have been in a lot right. like well, you, you, know. you would have been the downward spiral that right. we create, the self-perpetuating downward spiral. Yeah. Um, and that's just a direct, obvious reaction of what happens when, you know, if you're not paying attention to what you're paying attention to, you end up shitting on all your help. You make but it, I think, you know, you know the, the, what helped was that I was, like the old me would have just withdrawn right. and ignored the whole thing, be like, fuck you. You know, I don't deal with this, but I wouldn't say it. Right. And now I'm like, hey, pause. This is what you're doing. Right. I understand you feel this way, but this is not... I'm showing you what the actual reality is, and I'm here to hold your hand. Right. So if you choose to continue, I'm going to withdraw my hand, and then you're on your own. Right. And then, lucky, like, that actually helped. Right. But and if I didn't say that, it would have been gone. Right. Hold on. Keg's rolling through. Um, but yeah, that's super real. And that's the 2018 straight line theory we're trying to do. If we're feeling something that a person that we care about is doing, positive or negative, right. we should tell them. Yep. You know, if, if someone inspires you, makes you feel a positive way, maybe because you like their hair or you, you notice that their attitude is super positive or you really appreciate like how much love they give you and how important it is at a certain time, share it with them. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing when it's negative. If someone is, is creating a drumbeat that is constantly negative, that is taking a negative toll on you to where you're about to leave, then tell them. Just, yeah. hey, so you know, I know you're going through a lot of stuff. I really want to be there for you, but it's becoming very taxing. And if we only focus on this, I have to. I have to withdraw yeah. myself. Okay. So give them an opportunity to, yeah, to make choose that choice. of like you know, and as opposed to what we normally will do is just we just passive aggressive. We won't say shit. We'll just yep. change, yeah. um, and it doesn't give them a chance to uh, learn from it. And also when it's done to me, I know I just I, it's it's the worst. It's me. It's one of the worst things I can person can do to me is change vibe and never tell me and just yeah. go because I can't learn from it. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. Um, you know so. Straight line theory. Just you know, feel you know, be authentic and speak up. Yep. 
you know um, and let's not be so paranoid and terrified about what the other person may say or do that we stifle that energy because by the time we do that we're already changing their energy mm-hmm. probably not for the better nope. uh, let's see what else do we have to talk about oh we have an amendment to make in our podcast um, I find at times when I'm talking about our podcast to other people who know a little bit about it but you know kind of uncomfortable with the topic they end up feeling like we're bashing monogamy well and right and that's why we do the disclosure in the well, beginning yes. but that doesn't cut it that doesn't cut it enough and right. so um, what I've realized and the mistake that we've made or can be better at is what we're opposed to is not monogamy we're opposed to mandated monogamy the same way we're opposed to mandated polyamory or mandated openness or mandated anything any relationship style that makes it to where you make one decision and that's the decision for the rest of that entirety with no room for amendments or changing or growing right so I mean that's actually the the whole premise I think episode one when we were talking about it the origins of how our relationship came about you know my origin is not that I want to go and have sex with a million guys I mean I'll be lucky to find someone I do want to do it with should I be concerned that it's just one person we were talking <laughs> that's about a different oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll footnote that all right uh, but it's just you cannot tell me what I cannot do like I am not I refuse to be in a situation where I'm told that I cannot do something right then I mean that's like a straight up ticket for me to go you know what like go fuck yourself we were just funny we were talking about our oldest one and she is (laughs) like if you tell her to not do something right. and you do it in a way that she feels that you are not valuing her own opinion and right. means to make her own decisions right. she will give you the biggest finger right. and she's gonna go so hard against you that you will never like you won't be happy that you tried to limit her right yeah, and I, you know, I mean, and that's I, the, that's the compass, and you know, and the I wish, you know what, like I wish I had that ability that she has, right? Because like, she'll fight openly, right? So now looking back, I'm like, I wish I had that to where if you try to tell me I cannot do something right. or I cannot hang out with someone because, and right. I'm, I wish that I was like. Psh, fuck you, I will do it, and you tell me why I cannot. Right, yeah, and the open, be honest, open the dialogue. And so what we're opposed is any type of mandate that overrules natural path, purpose, karma, and the impermanent part of growth. That's what we're part. So we're not going to, when we talk about it, we'll say mandated monogamy. We'll try to get better saying mandated monogamy um, when we talk about the pitfalls of monogamy. The reality is, though, in our society, monogamy is pretty much the mandated assumption of oh, that's how sure. it's supposed to be. Yeah. So there is, a, there is some merit to why 
when we talk about it, we talk about that because the majority of the population, including ourselves up until this point, never made the conscious decision after looking at all possible ways that this one way is going to be the best way for every relationship the whole time until we die. Right. So, you know, like my... Um what has come up this week, like very clearly, it's come up. It's come up before, but when um, a married couple or a couple, you know, goes through a opening process, right? When it comes from the man, he, you know, he, let's say, he comes to uh, his partner and goes, "Hey, for these reasons, I would like to have." our relationship be open and I think that the majority of women that I have seen do that including myself the knee jerk is to be okay that's fine I understand your reasons I respect them I see how that will be beneficial to us but I will be monogamous right and you know I've thought about it because it's very consistent like we've, I've seen it. Uh, I, you know, I've done it to where my knee jerk is I'm gonna be monogamous. You know what I do in in practice. You know is different. Right. But my vocal knee jerk is no. I'm gonna you do what you do. My choice is you know monogamy on my side. Right. And. That's what, like, I, I've seen, we've seen a number of women do that. Right. And then I question, like, why? And that comes from the conditioning. Right. That's, that's your, that's how we're conditioned. That's the way to show how much we love the partner, is to be monogamous and make them feel special. Right. And the instances where, you know, we have seen that, the relationship is open on both sides and uh, women are as you know participate in the open part as much as men right I almost feel like there is an extra reason for it right like it's because there is some complication there is some it's not you know like I'm not getting enough from my from my partner and you know he is exploring something else and that just makes sense for me to be monogamous right so it's almost like we as women need to have this extra layer of reason like it's a something gives us to go out and be non-monogamous right Right. someone something else other than just our pure desire to connect with other people right gives us that permission right it's almost like is it like a part of it like a nurturing thing like our job is to hold the fort down yeah. while the man's out and about exploring well yeah and the the way like at least that's how i feel right you know my bet like i still struggle with it like right. we talked about it yesterday like i feel like the way for me to show and you know how much i care mm-hmm. is to give you all my attention right and if I don't, then something will change and it's not going to be the same. Right. So that's the... And, and I think that, I mean, obviously it's how we were conditioned. Right. Or how we have been conditioned. 
Yeah. Because technically there shouldn't be a difference between men and women. When it, especially when it comes to freedom sure. of choice and being honest right. about their And desires. especially because, I mean, you know, the classic thing that I I did was I opened, no, I, I spent years telling you, no, I'm choosing this. Right. But then there's still interest in other people. Right. Then there's still wanting to connect and explore and you know not refusing certain situations right so there's like this moral high ground of i'm gonna stay monogamous right and i'm gonna make sure that you know that right but then there is the behind the scenes right. the actuality of well but i also want to do this right 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 and that's you know so I, I think a lot of this, there's just so many layers of actually what it takes, what tools are needed to actually unearth who we are, how we became this way, how much of who we have become was conscious and we want to keep. And what do we have to untangle in order to put new... Um, thought processes and in place to And that forward. is a lot easier to do when you're 17 and start doing that when, than when you're 47. Right, with kids and family and structures right. and habits. Right. And, right. No, and it's also really hard, it's really probably easier to do when you're single. Yeah, for um, sure. Because you have less of a structure to navigate. Um, I would bet that a lot more people, men and women in relationships that are monogamous, probably have desires, curiosities, or nourishment needs that their partner's not meeting. Of course. But the weight of the overcalculation of what their partner would do or say if they even said that is so terrifying and catastrophic I mean, in their head that they were just like, you know what, I'm just gonna not I mean that's a, that that like I mean is not the whole premise of what happened with us. No, I just thought you got drunk and <laughs> you black out and you forget what you told me. I mean, that is. Were you sober every time yes. you cheated on me? I, che- I never cheated on That's you. That's cheating. It's infidelity. <laughs> you can cheat in open relationships. No, I actually was not sober every time. No, see, so you probably... Now the truth comes out. You probably had some No, candy. but I was one time that I wasn't sober, and you picked me up, and I was right. hungover. Was, see, I thought she was just hungover, but she was actually hungover. She was drunk off that dick liquor. No. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> she, had too much, she had too much dick inside her. Like, dick inside her. Um, but, yeah, it's all really, really deep. And we've been fortunate enough to have um, a good handful of close friends' relationships opened up to us as far as advice, as far as support, um, as far as just listening. And we're seeing the spectrum. You know, we're seeing how what happens when a relationship, one other person wants to open the relationship because it's not working for them the way it is. And that do it ends the relationship. All the other problems come up, yeah. and then it's over. We've seen a couple wanting to open it, and they talked about it, and they moved a little bit, and talked about it, moved a little bit more, and it's just amazing. And we'll probably have them on the show to really. That's one of the amazing, most amazing, transparent stories of 
making it work going from non-monogamous to monogamous I mean going from monogamous relationship to non-monogamy and then we see other one that has all types of problems that are not even related to sex monogamy or non-monogamy yeah. that are um, probably need to take precedence over the rest but the fact that there is um, uh, a difference in sexual and affectionate behavior that becomes a focal point as a possibility of one of the main solutions where right so you know I mean I think you know you all know I listen to every single one of Esther Perel's podcasts and she's so amazing at, at getting to the actual real reason as to why there are problems in the relationship mm-hmm. that you know it's 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 seeming it's pretty common to have the sexual imbalance in the relationship mm-hmm. and instead of so the, the knee jerk is to go and fix it mm-hmm. fix the amount of sex that usually the man wants to receive right and if it's impossible to fix through conversation and trying to impose sex on the wife and right. you know maybe trying to figure out if it's a medical condition then the next step is because it needs to be fixed because the man needs sex right is to open it right whereas in reality there are deeper reasons why there is an imbalance to begin with right and the only way to actually cleanly figure things out is to go there right but it is such a much more involved long difficult process that involves each person looking at themselves right that it's very 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 tempting to go i just need to fix the amount of sex i'm getting right And the rest, right, and that's and then with that, I can handle everything else. And then some people choose to cheat. You know, I have a close friend that just chooses to cheat, so that he gets just enough of that connection to be home and present and happy with his life as it is. Some people push for an open relationship, right, to fix to to fill that gap. But the real, real is that the gap is there for a reason right. and what we should actually do is go in and figure out why the it's there. Is. Did we create it? Did we both contribute? Are we just not... I mean, is it... Tr- maybe we shouldn't even be together to begin right. with. You know, maybe we've created traumas in ourselves that are better healed separately. But I feel like going out and trying to fix it by the amount of sex that you're getting is a very wrong approach. Right. And it's and it's it's that there's one thing that can happen that would be positive is you will get more nutrients, but that doesn't change or fix anything. It just gives right. you more gas so you can drive further so to speak. You can actually maybe right. but it's but the risk of what it may cause your partner by doing that may not be worth the gas you're getting. Um, but also in order to go through all that painstaking introspection and be able to then communicate that in an objective way and also for the other person to hear it without being triggered and traumatized and all this shit, it takes a hell of a high level of nourishment and tools and practicing when you guys are both really good. And hell. Hold on. 
You're going to jump in the gun, <laughs> rabbit. Um, you know, it would take the highest level of nourishment and practice when they are going great, which a lot of that does not happen that way at all. So it's very hard to have these conversations even when they want to. Thus, our real, our, one of our core motivations to being relationship nutritionists is to be able to create that space for two people to actually say their truth and we can help them make sure they're hearing it in the right way and not in the triggered way. Because as we find out a lot of times when we first start talking to these people, we'll talk to one and we'll hear one story. Then we'll talk to the other one, we'll hear another story. And then we'll find out the shit that they're saying to each other isn't even those two stories. It's right. You know, it's it's some light version because it's scary to say what you really feel. Mm-hmm. And then the actual reality is that when we think about fixing a situation, we don't think about fixing what we're doing wrong. Right. We think about fixing what the other person is doing wrong. And when we ask for help, right. we ask for help with helping them fix that other person. Right. Yeah, and that's so that's what we provide and you know, we're not the obviously the only people that do, but with, if you're ever having a hard time in your relationship, because we even have a hard time sometimes, like we have to fight to not fight, and it's very hard to have an objective conversation about sensitive stuff. Um, but if you're having this challenge with your partner, you guys aren't failing, you're not anything negative. It just sometimes you need another person in the room just to keep everybody honest and to keep the vibe yeah. on, on track. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel that I would still benefit from having another person in the room. We've never done that. Right. I think we can do what we are doing without it. It just, if we had someone, it would have been easier. It's just like like having a doula for a birth. Right. But you have somebody who their goal is to keep the vibe centered, make sure everybody's hearing each other and listening. Yeah. Um, and encourage the truth because the reaction of the other person will be very different when there's another person in the room than when they're not. Because we can act the fool when it's just the two people together. Where you're not going to act the fool and roll your eyes and stomp out of the room or talk the other person down if there's another person there. You're not going to yell at them. You're not going to like dominate the conversation because someone's going to be like, no, no, no. Let her or him speak. It takes them longer to speak. Be patient. Yeah. You know, do you understand that by talking at a rapid fire pace and only giving short pauses for them to respond is drowning them out and is making them not want to speak? Do you understand that's what you're doing? Yeah. Is that your intention? You know, so it's just so many layers of work and hardness to have a healthy relationship that is built to grow, evolve amend and withstand the shit that humans will do to the relationship structure through the years it's like we just the wear and tear it's like it's like a car we just drive that shit everywhere off the rail hit shit bump into shit don't put the right oil in it you know don't change the tires just all types of crazy shit and we expect it to run perfectly forever um 
and you know we've we've taken our car and spaceship for all types of spins and you know it's withstood a lot of shit mostly everything and it's got us where we're going but we're realizing that it's about time for a new car <laughs> so we're getting to the point where we are starting to think about what is our new vehicle going to be and what that means in layman's terms is the marriage that me and Eula have had from the beginning until now has done its part. It's done an amazing, amazing job at helping us create all of this stuff, but it's time to let it go and figure out what our new relationship, our new marriage is gonna be about, what are the new vows, and making sure that the new vows we are both consciously contributing to. There will be no passive vow acceptor. We'll be both creating these things and we're excited about doing that. It's the same way like you get to renegotiate your contract if you're a, you know, a free agent or a new business venture. You get to actually think about what is it that I didn't like about the past agreement? What is it that I need more of now that maybe I like then but I don't like now? And actually have a chance to opt in. And it's kind of a neat, scary, but exciting experience. And if you've been married for a while and you've been through some things, you might want to think about when you make it through this next level, opt out of that marriage and then see if you guys still want to opt back into a marriage and actually create the vows based upon who you are now. You'd be amazed at probably how different the rules and parameters are now that you'd want versus what you wanted back then. And be brave enough to speak on them, yeah. honestly, and be brave enough to hear them. So that's us right now. NBA All-Star Break, Embassy Suites, podcast episode 23. There was no LeBron James. We didn't see any Steph Curry's or Draymond Greens. Um, I'm sure Nobody there, taller than you. Nobody taller than me. <laughs> so there's no... <laughs> we didn't see any basketball players, but it was a cool place to do the podcast and... I'm glad we did it. It feels really, really good to do this. It was, it was becoming a hard to just break the ice and do it. Um, but once we start talking, it's such a good thing for us to do. And it almost feels like as we're talking, you guys are listening, even though you, know, you couldn't possibly be listening right now because we haven't uploaded it. But we've, from the responses that you guys have given us, um, from the, the letting us know how it affects you, how you appreciate it, we can feel that. And when we speak like this, it feels like we're actually getting back and hanging out with you guys that we hadn't hung out with in this space for a while. So I'm really glad we did it. Um, We won't go into the funny conversation that we were having in the car about, you know, what if I was just with one person outside of the relationship a lot, right? Because I was like, that'd be weird. But then you were like, I'm lucky if I have one person outside. So I'm like, should I be? Should I be concerned that... (laughs) You're only looking for another Mr. Right? <laughs> you know, and so we'll talk about that. It's, it's you know, it's, it's something to ponder, though. Yeah. 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 You know, and then so ask yourself, like, okay, and this is for you guys who may be open or getting in open space. Would you feel more comfortable if your husband or wife had only one person outside that they spent time with and built with? Or would you rather them have multiple partners that divided their time up so there was no one major emphasis it was a collective that created the actual balanced diet so think about that 
pros and cons on Pond yeah, that. Yeah, I can see both sides. Yeah. I'm sure there's perks with either or. Yeah. I'm sure both of them tr trigger different fears, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, fear of the alpha male. We can think of a, a whole thing. Like, we're like, do we want our wives to only fuck one LeBron James? <laughs> or the whole Orlando Magic team where there's no really one big LeBron James, but there's like 13 dudes. You know, I'm just, oh God. men think visually, women think emotionally, but it's... I don't think about it that way. I know you're a woman still, for the most part. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah, so we are here. I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for being able to go through this crazy shit and have enough prepared planning to where we can go in the most craziest places where I literally probably haven't felt since I was maybe junior high or high school. I was way more dramatic and squishy then. So I remember the feelings, but it's been really, really long to go through that eyes wide um, and not let it go into a place where we just blew up the shit. Um, I'm grateful for learning how to trust and have faith that if we do what we do, we're going to end up where we need to end up. And for me getting soft enough to have friends whose bosoms I can cry on when I need to cry on some, someone and uh, timing of people being in my life and literally being able to be there physically for me when I need that Right. and the freedom of moving around yes we're and grateful for league. Oh grateful my god! For league yes. bowling. League, league. I mean, we've had some interesting bowling league days when we didn't want to talk to each other, or yeah. or just like what was the last week where I said something in the Fuck. middle of the league, <laughs> where like I said something to her and Lee, and like it completely deep sixed her vibe, and she's wandering off, coming back all puffy eyed, and like. Our, we have it's, you know, our league is three of us it's me, her and my friend Mike and like poor Mike is just like not knowing what's going on but completely is like oh this is weird she's like puffy eyed walking to the approach dropping it Got no clearly clear. not aware but no one wants to correct her because she looks like she's having a hard time uh, but, but we won all four games and ended up in the first place. Yeah, we, yeah, we're in first place. It's the first time ever I've been. <laughs> the two leagues that I'm in, are, the team that I'm on is in first place. Um, and just having the metaphor of bowling at this life. Like, yeah. you know, we've had, on this Monday, we had a really, really, really hard day. And then on Tuesday, we had a really, really great day. And my bowling scores on Tuesday reflected that. First game, I bowled a 179 and just fucking was all over the place and then within a within the next game i bowled 256 so things can change dramatically with just minor minor adjustments so a little bit more focus on love and gratitude can make a dramatic difference like not using frowny face emojis mm -hmm. can make a dramatic difference spending less time talking about shit we don't like and focusing on more shit that we do like can make a dramatic difference uh, so yeah we're about to check out but I'm gonna do a new a new thing yeah yeah a new thing oh and you're telling me that on the podcast yeah, right now all right so I want to give like oh 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 we forgot 
go to the, <laughs> go to iTunes and give us five stars and comment yes. on as the podcast. As much as you can, yeah, please. As much as you can over and over again. The algorithm is crazy, but I, I guess that's how they really move you up in the ranks and then you get sponsorship and then you get, you know, yes. you have to do bigger things. Um, but that's not what I was talking about. I just forgot to say that. Um, I want to give super crazy dope love shout outs to people. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I'd like to give a shout out to Alyssa or Lisa. I keep forgetting how she says her name. Alisa. She said Lisa. Alisa. I'd like to give a shout out to Alisa. I'd like to give a shout out to Come Come. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to. Who else do I want to... Who do you want to give a shout out to? Mine? Or it reminds you to? No, yours. You can go. I'll, <laughs> I'll think of some more. Uh, Lizzie held my hand and let me cry on her and didn't freak out. And it was the biggest blessing for that one week that. We didn't know if we were coming, going, sleeping in the same bed or not. Right. Um, Kenda always for just being her. Kenda Bears. <laughs> yes. And I, Kenda. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to give a shout out. This is the first time that's probably my little thing to give a shout out to everybody. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Carrie and Moses for being brave and actually coming and spending time with us in our office. Um, allowing us to be relationship nutritionists and listen and hear them. Um, we appreciate that tremendously. Uh, we'd like to give a shout out to Maria and Peter Dudley for being probably the most awesome couple. Yep. They would get the award for most seamless transition from monogamy to non-monogamy of 2017. I mean, they've been amazing honest great people just so good and, and, and caring and listening to each other and navigating with so much kindness and care um, and teaching us a lot and teaching us a lot more than they realize they teach us yeah. like we're learning so much by their bravery and the way they handle things um, it's amazing we're grateful to be a part of uh, guiding that and hearing and listening um, who else? Anybody else you forget? I mean, my whole Gratefuls community because just the process of doing the daily exercise of reaching out to so many people with the best version of what I'm grateful for right. is the best therapy. And, you know, on, on the days that that's all I can do. Right. That's, that's huge. Right. All right. So we'll do shout-outs like that as we go along. Unless you ask us not to. Right. If you don't want your name to be mentioned because of the nature of the podcast. That's how we get people to contact us. Right. <laughs> don't say my name. My wife don't know I'm listening. Ooh. All right. Cool. All right, we're out, guys. y'all. We're about to have a good night. Go get some food. Do some shit. Uh, thank you guys for following. Make sure you continue to subscribe. Tell a friend. Share this with somebody. And go to iTunes. Go to iTunes. Give us comments. Give us stars. Uh, yeah. I think that's about it. That's about it. All right. Episode 23 done. Boy.
make love.